Thanks so much for listening. Before I get into the episode, I wanted to thank today's podcast sponsor, which is Coda Luna and their baby keepsake castle. I personally just put all of my baby's memorabilia into these little keepsake castle boxes and they are so adorable functional. And if you really love organization, then you're really going to love this keepsake box. So not only is it a keepsake box, but it also includes a baby book and it has space for capturing all of the milestones of your baby's early years. And then the keepsake box itself stores all of the memorabilia that you want to keep. So baby's first socks and pacifier and the little hat that they wore when they came home from the hospital. So this keepsake castle with the baby memory book is more than just an organizational product. It's a gateway to preserving the remarkable journey of new parenthood. So take a moment to visit keepsakecastle.com today and embark on creating a lasting legacy of love and nostalgia. Thank you so much for listening to this very special episode today. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there and to all the moms-to-be. I hope that you have a wonderful day where you feel honored and recognized for all that you do. Today's episode is extra special because this is the 100th episode of the Finding Your Village podcast. It is Hard to believe that I have created 100 episodes of this podcast and that people listen to this show and keep showing up 100 episodes in. Thank you so much to everyone who has listened to one episode or all 100. I appreciate you so much and you are the reason why I show up every week. And as was stated in the intro of the podcast, to commemorate the 100th episode of the show, and as a Mother's Day gift to all the expecting moms out there, I'm doing $5 birth classes this week. They'll be live on Facebook Monday through Thursday at noon Eastern time. You can sign up in the link in the show notes of this show, and I hope to see you there. And for today's episode, we are talking about introducing solids to baby. And our guest is Madison Holden, who was a previous guest a couple months ago in episode 94. She is a pediatric nurse and certified postpartum and baby nutritionist. She's also a mom of two, and her goal is to empower and provide knowledge to new moms to help them nourish themselves and their babies. I hope you love the episode. Hey, Madison, how are you? I'm good, Amanda. How are you? Good. It's great to talk to you again. Oh my goodness. Thanks so much for having me again. I love talking to you and chatting with everybody. Yeah, well, thank you. So um, if someone hadn't heard your your episode before about postpartum nutrition, um, you gave a little bit of background about you then, but would you mind just giving listeners a little bit of background about you, where you live, your family? Yes, I'd love to. So I live in Salt Lake City, Utah area, um, waiting for spring to come. We still keep getting lots of snow, Um, but I live here in Utah and I have two little girls, an almost three-year-old and a six-month-old. So um, getting ready to start solids with my six-month-old, which is really exciting. And um, yeah, we just have been loving this time together as a family. And as we bring a new, you know, new one into 
the family and changing our roles and kind of how that works. And I'm a pediatric nurse. Um, I've been a pediatric nurse for 10 years with a uh, master's in nursing education. And I'm also a postpartum and baby nutritionist um, consultant. So that's a little bit about myself. Well, thank you so much for sharing that and um, what great timing to talk about introducing solids when you are walking the talk. I am. I am about ready to. Yeah. So um, let's start with kind of the topic that in my mind is a little bit of an elephant in the room sometimes, and that is when to start baby on solids. Okay. I love this question and I could honestly talk about this forever, but how it kind of got started in becoming a baby nutritionist. I mean, that's kind of something, you know, pretty unique that I was like, I became, I love this was really my own experience with my daughter. She became four months and I remember going to my pediatrician who I love and she just said, okay, you can start Harper on solids. And I said, okay. So I go home. I don't know what to feed her. I don't know how much to feed her. She's like spitting everything out. I just felt so uncomfortable because there was so much going on. And I really started doing research about this. And I realized there is a lot of gap in knowledge and education about starting solids because to nobody's fault, a pediatrician is very busy and they don't have time to sit and really go through how to start solids on your child. Yeah. So I became invested and I became certified and um, now I work with parents all the time on how to start solid. So back to your question, I love to not focus so much on age and I really like to focus on developmental readiness. And it's interesting because in 2002, the World Health Organization changed their recommendation. They used to recommend four to six months and now they've changed to six months which is, you know, the American um, Academy of Pediatrics supports this and a lot of people support this. Um, but again, I really try not to focus on an age. I try to focus on developmental signs of readiness, which I would love to talk about. I am so glad to hear that. And I am on the exact same page with you and even my story um, and background about like why this question is kind of an elephant in the room for me and yes. why I'm so interested in talking about this topic is because I had the same thing. My daughter, my oldest, who is five and a half now, um, the half is very important. Yes, um, right. <laughs> <laughs> when she was four months old, I took her into her well baby checkup, also love her pediatrician that we still see now. Yeah. And same thing. And it was like, okay, you're ready. And I, I followed every single thing that our pediatrician said except for that. That was like, uh, I'm not, thank you for giving me the green light, but I'm going to also go and find out just a little bit more on my own. So it's not like I was it's disregarding. It's that right? It's like yes. that, that instinct, like, I don't think she's ready. And talking from a, not an age perspective, but a developmental milestone perspective, yes. she wasn't ready. My daughter, she like verbally super ahead of the curve, but all of her physical milestones, a little bit like uh, like on the other side of average, right? So like if there's a halfway mark, she was always a little bit, you know, not like uh, below average, I guess. Right, and again, milestones are such a loose word, but it, yeah, but they're they're important key parts to figure out if they're ready to do a lot of things. Like if exactly. a baby's crawling, then that leads to walking. And the same thing yeah. we need to think about is with 
food. We can't open up our kids' tummies and be like, check, they're ready to eat, right? So we really have to follow their signs to let us know that they are ready. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, totally I know. Agree. I had the same experience and I just felt yeah. so, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. This is stressful. And I did go back and I asked my pediatrician, I'm like, is it okay if I wait? And she was like, oh yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. fine. Like as long as it's like, or, you know, before six months, you really want to start doing it at six months for all of these reasons. And I was yeah. like, okay, I feel better. And then I learned about those developmental milestones mm-hmm. and around six months, she was hitting those. Isn't that so, so funny? I know. Yes. So with that, yes. what are the developmental milestones? Okay. I love this. Let's talk about it. <laughs> so the first one, I, okay. First off, there's a lot of, um, a lot of milestones that they are not going to completely master before they start solids. Yeah. As they get older and they learn, they're going to be better and they're going to learn how to use their tongue and they're going to understand a lot more things. But a few things I always focus on is first, can your child sit upright while unsupported? And I don't mean like for a long, long time, you know, but can they hold themselves up? without being shoved, you know, with a million towels behind them or in a really comfy, um, padded high chair. I'm saying, can, do they have the core strength to allow themselves to sit up unsupported for a little, for a, for a a small period of time? And the reason that's so important is when we think about how we eat food, right? We are using our digestive muscles to digest those foods. Well, Allowing them to have strong enough core strength lets us know that, yeah, their digestive tract is becoming mature. Those muscles are ready to work and to digest that food. So for me, that's always the number one sign that I really look for is how are how are the muscles, how is her core strength doing? And there's things that you can practice um, to help develop that core strength, you know, leaving toys out a little bit ahead so they have to reach for them using that core or side to side so that they can kind of work on that. And I love to do that, but really making sure that they, you know, you don't want a baby leaned back eating food, right? You need to have them in an upright position. Their feet need to be able to sit on some sort of rest, you know, to keep them in a really good 90 degree angle. Yeah. So that's always the first one that I recommend is can they sit upright unsupported? Love it. Um, The second one I love to focus on is, can they turn their head left and right? And the reason that is important is because that shows that they can demonstrate signs of fullness. And the reason that's important is because when we're offering food, it's not our responsibility to feed them a full bottle of jar of like food, right? Our responsibility is to offer the food. It's their responsibility to eat it. Yes. And I am very, very, very keen on allowing children to gauge when they're full. Because if you think about it, if we're breastfeeding or bottle feeding, we're not going to force them like, no, you need like three more ounces of the bottle, or I'm going to keep your head on my breast until you're, I think you're done, right? They let us know when they're ready to be done. Yeah. So we need that same, same concept when we're starting solids. That makes so much sense. And so I feel like I hear a lot of parents like, I need them to finish this jar. I'm like, no, no, don't. They're okay. Another thing I really focus on is the tongue thrust reflex. Have you ever 
Have you seen your daughter? Like you start to oh, feed yeah. her and she pushes everything out. Oh yeah. Okay. So this is one where if not, if they don't have, they haven't mastered this, it doesn't mean that they're, you can't start solids, but if they're pushing everything out with their tongue, then they're obviously not ready to really intake the food. And it's a protective mechanism that babies have to prevent choking. So we love it, right? Because they put stuff in their mouths all the time. And so we want them to have that gag reflex at the front of their mouth, which is why they spit everything out. As they get older, their gag reflex moves towards the back like you and I have. Um, but at the beginning, that gag reflex and that tongue reflex is really a protective mechanism. I love that. So I focus on that. And then um, some other signs that are smaller, but we might want to see is that they're developing a pincer grasp. So they start picking things up with um, their forefinger and their thumb instead of using like their whole hand. Um, and a lot of times that's important for babies that do baby led weaning um, versus purees. So just really practicing that. And then of course, a genuine interest in starting solids, which I feel that's probably the number one sign, Amanda, that I hear from parents, my baby, I'm eating and my baby wants my food, like they're ready for solids. And I'm like, okay, your baby is between four and six months. They're interested in everything around. <laughs> they probably want whatever you have. It could be a pencil. It could be a car key. Totally. And definitely going to look, you know, they'll definitely want that piece of toast you're eating. And they will put it in their mouth if they get a hold of any of it. <laughs> exactly. So I feel like that's the most, um, you know, and it, it, common sign that's misleading, but it is, it's such an exciting time starting solids. And I always love working with parents that are starting solids because it's so fun. It's a, it it's a first, right? Yeah, it is. I have um, so many hours of footage on my phone of video of giving oh, yeah. first foods to my kids because, you know, and you follow and you follow your pediatrician's advice, which they will give you of for yeah. allergens and all that stuff of like, yeah. you give a food and then you do that for a couple days for three to five days to, you know, and just that one food. And then you introduce a new one. And so every three to five days, I was like, Oh, she's trying avocado for the first time. Oh, a sweet potato today. I mean, I have hours of this. Oh, yeah. It is very exciting. I was very yeah. into it. <laughs> so. And, you know, another thing is talking about allergenic foods. So I think that's also some such a scary thing for, for families is knowing yes. what to start your baby on solids. Yes. But um, they've actually, as more research has come about, they actually realize that if it's not a high allergenic food, you don't really have to wait those two to three days. Mm -hmm. And you can add a few foods at a time. Which, you know, it's again, and it's just all this information. You're like, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. How am I supposed to know that? Like, and also another thing, Amanda, is seasoning. Like, we always think that baby food has to be bland. Okay, why does baby food have to be bland? I love seasoning my food. You know, a little turmeric or a little cinnamon with the apples or sweet potatoes. You know, as long as you're not heavy on salt, because salt is sometimes hard for the baby's kidneys. Don't be afraid to add some seasoning to, you know, cilantro or dill, turmeric, pepper, you know, add some seasoning. I love that. Yeah, that's such a good point. And babies also used to whatever they were um, tasting, because babies can taste in utero, and whatever 
mom was eating. And so like, if you have a diet that is heavy in a particular type of spice or spices, baby's mm-hmm. used to that. And so oh, it's yeah. not like, you know, is it maybe not, you know, a lot of cayenne pepper. Or anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every but, time I like Indian food and I'm breastfeeding yeah. right now, I'm always like, I'm sorry, Navy. Cause I'm just like, <laughs> so spicy and I'm like oh it's good for her but yeah but then that's how she's going to get exposed to it and then when you introduce the solids you can do you know spicy light but still they're going to be they're going to be more more used to it yeah my mom was so confused when I would just give my kids like plain Greek yogurt plain not vanilla but just plain Greek yogurt and she's like that's so sour and tangy and I'm like they love it. Their exactly. face was adorable the first time they had it. They were like, oh You're like, God. I have lots of video of that. <laughs> I definitely do. Yeah. I definitely do. But um, but after the first couple of times they tried it, they were like, they still eat it. They st- That's a snack for them, you know? And they don't, anyway. So and that's a whole nother topic I could talk about for hours. Totally. But, and you know, yeah. you're talking about that and it's so important. Now, if you think about it, for moms that are breastfeeding, our breast milk is already sweet. So we really try to aim for a diet that's one fourth fruits, and then three-fourths vegetables, because we do want to have them have that savory, you know, more sour taste. And so I even love, if you guys listened to my last podcast, I talked a lot about um, probiotics and fermented foods. I love giving babies some sauerkraut brine, which is the juice. So dipping your little spoon into that juice, letting them suck on it, that's really going to help balance out a lot of the sweets that we see in baby foods and breastfeeding or even formula. Um, And so I love incorporating a lot of that good savory sour taste. And then also you're getting all those amazing benefits of the probiotics with the fermented foods. I love that. That's a great idea. And you never, I mean, you just let baby kind of explore. Um, I mean, this is the time, right? They're not picky yet. Right, exactly. When they become two and they're asking for quesadillas every single night. Yes. Like, I remember when you would eat sauerkraut and sardines, okay? Yes. I'll I'll have to have you back again to talk about, like, toddlers and pickiness and food and all that stuff. But that's like that. Absolutely. You're right. They can become they can become picky then, but not necessarily, especially if you've been exposing them. Yes. And this is when, and I, I, that saying food before one is just for fun. I like it, but I'm also like, okay, food before one is just for fun. Yes. But I want to add an asterisk, like an asterisk, a but, but we are still feeding our babies. So why not make it the most nutrient dense possible? I mean, they don't know. They don't know the difference between broccoli Versus a brownie because we haven't even introduced brownies. So exactly. this is our time to really set them up, have good um, digestive system. I mean, this is our time to really instill these important nutrients and these tastes that they are going to take with them. I mean, my daughter will still every single day, like handfuls of sauerkraut. I mean, it's just so funny. And I talk about this a lot, but it really yes. is just so <laughs> funny because she's been having that since she was six months old. Exactly. And I mean, what we talked about before, like babies will put like pencils in their mouth, the cat's yeah. tail in their mouth. Oh, so like, why not give them a little bit of, you know, mashed beet puree? Yes, why not? Yes. yes. I love it. Yes. It's like, why are we filling them up on, I won't even talk about rice cereal because please, please, if anyone's listening, please text me and I will let give you five other things than rice cereal that a lot of baby foods are actually, you know, a lot of, um, companies are getting rid of but 
there's so many things that we can feed them that's that's inexpensive that's what we're eating it doesn't have to be this whole ordeal that it's a whole different menu that's the joy is that if if we're eating healthy you know nutrient dense food our babies can be eating the same thing whether we use baby led weaning or purees yes i love both i love to Me do I'm, i love combo feeding I, I was big into combo feeding. Um, and then also, I just want to state this because some people just don't know. Like you were saying, you're new parents. You just don't know. Yes. When we say purees, it doesn't have to be a Gerber brand puree or something from the grocery store. You can make your own purees. And it actually takes not a whole lot of time at all. I mean, yes, there's that idea of the Pinterest mom who makes all of her organic baby food. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking literally about like baking a sweet potato in the oven, baking four of them at a time, two of them for are for your dinner, two yes. of them are for baby food and just puree it in whatever blender food processor. And then yes. just put that nursery water in there and you have a puree and done. And it's cheaper. I cheaper love that. Yes. Then the grocery store. So I just wanted to say it out loud. I know that you know yeah. this, but like yes. for anybody yeah. listening that didn't have, hasn't heard this before, like yes. it doesn't have to be from a grocery store. No, so. just and anything, like anything you're making, it can be blended down to a puree. Yes. And like you said, using water, you can use breast milk, you can use formula, you can use whatever you're using to, to thin it out. Um, and it's wonderful. Now, the one thing I will say with purees is just a little tip. When you're making them, do make sure that you are actually making it a consistency of a puree. So I think a lot of times we're like, oh, I'll make this a little chunky. You know, it's a different texture. The problem with that is that they, the babies, they suck puree off a spoon the same way that they would off a bottle or a nipple. So they're going to bypass that gag reflex, which is in the front of their mouth. And we don't want them to bypass that and then get a chunk of something in the back of their mouth. So I just like to recommend is if you're making purees, do make it into a puree consistency. However, it can be with any food that you're already making for dinner. If it's, as long as it's not too salty, that's the one thing I kind of recommend, like, you know, cook it and then salt your food, but leave the baby's food unsalted. I love that. That's a great point. That's a really great point. Yeah. Well, thank you again for yeah. just sharing your knowledge and your passion about this. Um, and if anybody is interested in working with you one-on-one -on -one, um, yeah. or following you on social media, where they, where can they find you? Yeah. So I'd love for you guys to check out my website, madisonholden.com. You can book, um, book a session directly from my site. Um, I offer so many different options. Um, and you'll receive one-on-one -on -one client care, which is great. And then also just a follow-up follow-ups. I just love to help people. Can you tell I'm very passionate about this? Yes. Um, and then on social media, <laughs> Madison M. Holden um, on Instagram. So I would love to connect and meet everybody. Wonderful. Well, thank you again for your time. Thanks, Amanda. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. If you liked the episode and would like to hear more, please follow Finding Your Village wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to use the code FYVPODCAST to sign up for the postpartum class at PregnancyToPreschool.net to save 15% today. Thank you so much and stay safe, healthy, and connected.